I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? Let it out. I want you to hit me. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to Hit Me One More Time, the Nostalgia Reflection Podcast, where we look at the things that we loved when we were younger and ask the question, is this good? I'm David Luzader, and with me, of course, as always, is Nick Shermooksness. Nick, hello. Hey, David. Welcome back, me. Thank you. Usually, <laughs> usually you ask. Going. Usually, you like ask how I'm doing. So I was like expecting that, but you were just. Oh, sorry. Excited. Yeah. No, how fine. how are you? How are you? Actually, David, you had a you had a big day today. I, in fact, I, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? I did. Yes. I um, as I've mentioned on here before, I am working on becoming a teacher, and uh, today was the first day. Um, I mean, there's a lot more to the the process. I'm just kind of skimming through, but today was my first day with kids in the classroom and um, it was very exciting something i've been waiting for for a very long time and uh, yeah it's it's great that's that's great that's that's super that's super cool to hear it it, it, it feels like something that you've been talking about for so long and then it just like <laughs> happened instantly you know like yeah well it's it's been with the program that i'm in i got accepted like a year ago and had to defer and everything so it's it's been a long one, uh, but, you know, super excited, uh, really, really great. I'm super excited also to talk about stuff that I'm pretty sure these kids will have no idea about. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in a room with, with like 11, 12-year-olds, and they've never never heard of Reboot. And Nick, what I want to know is when is the kid version of you going to show up? The, um, like... Like offspring, like I have to. No, have to no, like we're just like young me is just gonna show up out of the net. Yeah, exa- exactly. Um, Tuesday, okay, I think. Great. Next, so, next so Tuesday, after give, give or take. Recording. I think I think it'll, it'll be a good good time for them to show up. All right, great. They'll they'll join us for the next episode, which will have uh, nothing to do with reboot. But if us. only there was more like audio recording of me as a child that I could splice together. <laughs> To like try to create a functioning why? conversation. Yeah, why didn't you record yourself as a child reading every word in the dictionary in a neutral really, tone that I could then honestly, use? Honestly, it, it's like those videos you see where like someone took a picture of their kid like every day for ten years or something crazy like that. It's I I should have done that. Like yeah. honestly, now like if I do have kids, I'm I'm tempted to to try and pull <laughs> to, that off. I'll to, give up like a, you know a week later, but I'll I'll try. Perfect. I don't want to. I don't want to read the D's. Well, you're gonna read the D's. <laughs> well, we might not have young you joining us, but we do have someone great here. Someone has brought our topic, our guest for this week, a busy man doing ten million things. He is one of the hosts of Joystick and Mouse. He does the Dad Chronicle. He was on the first season of America's Next Top Podcaster. It's an all-around great guy. Super excited to have him. It is Alex Albisu. Alex, welcome to the show. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. First of all, congratulations on your big teaching situation. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It takes it takes a very special person to be able to do that. I I, I can't. So uh, so kudos to you. Well, thank you. 
And Alex, I do have a question for you here before we, we get to our subject. And I want to I want to word this as um, clinically as possible because um, this is a, still a family-friendly show. How are your testicles doing? Oh, they're still attached. Um, as of recording this, uh, they're still attached. We're Great. going... Uh, <laughs> Uh, for people who don't follow my social media, and you're like, uh, I was about what the frick ask, is he actually. talking about? <laughs> he, I am going in for a vasectomy. I'm getting the, the snippy snip after two kids. Uh, and uh, I talked about it on one of the latest episodes of the Dad Chronicle because uh, like we like to do on that show, we talk about everything around you know doing the dad thing and talking to other dads and parenting experts. And this is a subject that comes up. Who knew as a dad? So uh, I'm going to get that done uh, this month, and it's going to be interesting. And I heard it's gonna be it's gonna be fine, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, it's an outpatient they're gonna put procedure. Me under. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna put me under, and and I'll I'll leave, and you know maybe I'll be a little bit loopy. I hope they don't take a kidney while they're was, in there, but gonna it's gonna say. be fine. Yeah, I hope they give you like a balloon or something <laughs> on the <laughs> way out. Sweet. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, and here's like your or like a lollipop, just just some this is some souvenir. Yeah, here, put day. this ice pack. Sit on this ice pack. Here's a lollipop and a balloon. Have fun. <laughs> right. Uh, well, you gave us a, a bit of an overview of what the Dad Chronicle is all about, but what about Joystick and Mouse? What's what's that all about for people who might not be familiar? Well, this is very topical because of the subject that I brought, but I'm very into video games, and so are my two co-hosts of that show. Uh, Joystick and Mouse is a video game news and review podcast that happens weekly live over at twitch.tv slash alexalbisu. And we uh, we talk about the latest news from the perspective of uh, a few filthy casuals that enjoy playing video games when we're not doing other things like, you know, being dads or or having jobs and stuff like that. So it's, it's a lot of fun. We have a great time with the live chat. And uh, we talk about some really uh, fun topics, but also dive into some of the serious stuff, like some of the shenanigans going on with Blizzard mm. these days. Yeah. So uh, th some deep topics, and, and we have a lot of fun doing it. Well, people should definitely check it out. Also check it out live if you can. I've, I've had the joy to be able to watch it a little bit here and there, and it's great. Um, unlike this show, which is going live whenever Nick and I can figure that out next time again, uh, they're pretty <laughs> it's consistent. It's tough doing a it. consistent schedule for what it's worth. It's tough, man. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with, with just between like the, all the teaching stuff and releasing this on a weekly basis, I'm like, I'm spent. I basically just go into the the chamber when I'm done and right. wait, wait. You know, that's what little sleep I can get. Uh, but you mentioned joystick and mouse games. It all ties to this, and it's true. Because we watched Reboot. Now, if you don't know Reboot, the summary I'm about to say will not seem like it has to do with games at all. But trust me, we'll get there. But for those in the know, you know. Anyway, Reboot, this late 90s computer animated kids show, follows the adventures of Guardian Bob and his friends Enzo and Dot and the rest as they work to protect Mainframe from the threats of the viruses Hexadecimal and Megabyte. And I think in season four, there's like Damien... Or something like that. The super virus shows up. Uh, he was not in the episodes of season four that I watched, but uh, irrelevant because it's mainly Hexadecimal and Megabyte, who I imagine we'll be spending most of our time talking about. This is the part of the show where we share our personal histories with the topic. Alex, you brought this here. Why did you pick Reboot? Why did you bring it to the show? And what's your personal history with it? Oh, man. All right. So this is a show that... Um, I started watching when it was first on TV and I remember being at my uncle's house and we were sitting around the TV and flipping through the channel and I come across, you know, it's, it's the mid nineties. I come across this 
the show with this like 3D animation. And, and to me, I was like really enamored by the look of it. And then I started kind of picking up on the fact that, oh my gosh, these things are in computers. And wait a minute, they're in a video game now? How is that possible? And I started to really love the, the look of it all, the fantasy of it all. And uh, at that point in my life, I was really into video games and, uh, and and still to this day, it was kind of like that, that awakening for me as a kid. Like I was like, oh man, video games are really cool. I was also at the age where I was starting to help my dad build computers back then. And it was, you know, kind of a process to build computers back then. And uh, I started to look at the insides of computers a little differently. I started to see them as like little cities and uh, falling in line with what Reboot was kind of about. So that was a really fun um, sort of uh, visual context that I, you know, helped shape the way that I see computers. And it also scarred me a bit whenever I would play a video game that I was afraid I was destroying my computer. But that's a whole other subject for a little bit later <laughs> on in the show. Um, overall, really uh, a lot of fun when I was a kid and when you were like, hey, Alex, what is something like super nostalgic that you wanted to bring? And that's immediately, dude, it was it was like immediate. In my head, I was like, I gotta, we gotta talk about this. So that that's that's a little bit of history of uh, of reboot and why it's kind of special to me. It was it was at a very formative time of my life where I started to really become awakened to like the possibility of computers, of animation, of you know TV shows and graphics around things that that I really like. So it was a lot of fun. Great. Yeah. When I asked you, you, you were ready. You were like reboot and reboot is a show that we've, we've talked about doing on here. And I feel like I've talked to other people, um, like other guests that have been on and are like, Oh man, reboot. Like when's that going to be on there? Well, here it is here. We're, here. we're doing it right now. Nick, you and reboot. What's up, man? Um, reboot. Yeah. So I, it was funny because, like, I. You guys remember Polly Pocket? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, I think there were reboot versions of Polly Pocket. Um, like I, I don't, you know, you had like the thing opens up and you'd have like a little world inside the po pocket thing. Uh -huh. Anyway, I'm pretty sure I had a reboot version of that. Um, that it's coming up in the memory banks as as possible. And um, it's like a Tamagotchi sort of deal, not a Tamagotchi, or, like, like, um, yeah, like, like little the, it was like a toy, pocket. it was like a toy. Yeah. Oh, okay, like okay, okay, open up and like half of it would open, and there'd be like you know, like it a Polly like Pocket like, tableau or something yeah. would be in there, kind of like a, like a miniature Barbie in a little set, oh like God, a little carrying set thing, dude. And I think Reboot had their own. I didn't bother to Google this to confirm my, my memories, I'm sure they're very reliable. Uh, um, <laughs> But uh, so I remember that I know the show existed and I it, immediately I'm jumping just ahead a little bit. But I just have to say, like, immediately I was astounded at how little I misinterpreted my recollection of reboot. Um, like, I, I don't think I understood. <laughs> I, I didn't remember it being about characters inside of like a computer program system what? or whatever. Like, I, I don't even know what I thought. Like, reboot is something that probably like grazes my 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 peripheral lobe which is something i've just created um the, the lobe that tackles everything peripheral you know well, it just sounds legit just kind no, of yeah that's good it, it is i'm a doctor totally um i'm not um and 
like I, I don't I, I can't even tell you what I thought it was. I just didn't realize what it actually was. So I have a history with reboot. I know I liked it, but it just completely sort of fell off my wagon in any kind of meaningful way until Alex, thank you, brought it to the table. (laughs) Yeah, I watched reboot. I think also when it was on, uh, if it was on Cartoon Network, then I definitely remember watching it. Um, Or at least like I watched the reruns of it because it spanned i mean it ran from 94 to 2001 but there's only uh like 40 episodes or like something something around there so it's like you know really spread out over those years and i think i think i missed some of season four uh going back and like doing some research for the show but irrelevant um i thought this show was so cool when i was a kid similar kind of to beast wars which we've also talked about which will also i imagine come up in the uh the the bigger history that nick will talk about here in just a minute um and i really like for a long time kind of had a reboot up on this like pedestal but had not revisited it I think maybe at one point watched like a little bit, but there's like these little details of it when watching it now that just like all of it came rushing back to me. Like the the little symbols they had, they would double tap and yes. say reboot. Uh, a bunch of stuff with like hexadecimal and, and megabyte, just all of it like rushing back into my brain. Um, it was something that I, I loved as a kid. And I remember being so interested in the storyline where they find uh, Bob again uh, after he's been in the net and he's got like long hair and the weird like silver suit. And I, and I don't think I ever got to the point where like they sort all that out and they figure out like what was going on there. But I was super like interested and and just excited by all of it and uh, was, was glad to get a little bit back with it today. Uh, That is our histories with the topic. Nick, can you tell us the world's history with Reboot? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So Reboot's origins date back to 1984 and was conceived by John Grace Ian, Ian, wow, I don't know how I screwed that one up, Ian Pearson, Gavin Blair, and Phil Mitchell as part of the creative collective called The Hub. Uh, Pearson and Mitchell had developed some of the first CGI animation used in the Dire Straits music video, uh, Money for Nothing, uh, though it took several years for technology to develop uh, to reach the desired look of the show. Official production began in 1990, and the show aired in 1994 after enough episodes were stockpiled. Development was hampered by the Board of Standards and Practices that enforced changes to the show to make it more kid-appropriate. After the third season, uh, the fourth season was going to be designed as three films broken into 12 episodes plus a musical episode, which... One can wonder what that would have looked like. Uh, Ultimately, though, the series wrapped up with eight 21-minute episodes and ended on a cliffhanger. Series creator Gavin Blair has publicly refused to reveal plans for the resolution in case he ever gets a chance to resolve it. Uh, Reboot also spun off into a video game and a webcomic, and several attempts have been made to bring Reboot back, but most failed. A reimagining of Reboot called The Guardian Code was released on YTV and Netflix in 2018, Blending live action and computer animation, however, it was not well received. And because David said something earlier about it, apparently I was supposed to mention Beast Wars. So I'm saying the words Beast Wars so (laughs) that they're part of the history. I thought Um, when we did Beast Wars and we did the history of Beast Wars, that 
reboot. I think wasn't this like after reboot? Um, Beast Wars was like the second fully computer animated series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they definitely, I think, were around the the same time. I, I'm mostly just being cheeky here, but yeah, yeah, yeah. the um, I mean, Beast Wars and Reboot were like two of the first CGI animated television shows and, of the area, and it shows. <laughs> oh boy, does it! Um, oh yeah. Since you you mentioned the Guardian Code, I didn't want to bring it up because when I heard like, oh, they're doing a new like reboot thing, I got interested. I don't want to say excited. Uh, because it had been like a number of years, but I got, I got interested and I decided to like, or, you know, I didn't decide. I like kind of kept an eye on it. And then they were like, we're doing all live action. And it's kids that go into the computers and none of the original characters will be there. I was like, and I'm done. Uh, mm-hmm. any interest I have is gone. I guess they did in one of the episodes, have them meet the original characters. They went into mainframe. Um, my only knowledge of that is that people were very unhappy, uh, did not like the way uh, that that was all like blended together. So despite some like pictures I've seen, um, have not checked that out and don't think I ever will. So it's a little bit sad. Yeah, that that was one I, I saw. I was like, oh, man, wait a second. Thinking about with another reboot thing. Wait, let me read about this. No, no, no I'm good. Yeah, it was kind of <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Just Re- reboot is, and I was thinking about this while watching the show, and coming out in the '90s, where I mean, '90s were it was, it was a classical era. Some might say nowadays. '90s um, were a hell of a time. Looking back, absolutely. But it, computers were still kind of a mystery for the greater populace. Yes. You know, like definitely, like I by 1994. I mean, certainly by the mid 90s, there we must have had one at home. You know, like an old Mac or something like that. I know my mom was really big into computers, uh, so it felt like every time there was a new iteration, she had to have it. And um, uh, in hindsight, mom, we probably didn't need to update our computers that often. But anyway, <laughs> um, though to be fair, the technology was jumping by leaps and bounds. There probably was a difference. You know, from a 1994 computer and a 1995 computer versus what we might get today. So we'll see. But anyway, so one thing that caught me off guard—not caught me off guard—that was the wrong thing to say. But I, anyway, the I, I, I asked myself, like, is reboot something that we could do today? And the answer is technically yes. I mean, why not? We can do. I mean, especially with the way technology is developed, we can do anything. <laughs> but. It also feels like like a lot of the turns they were throwing around and just this idea of like a world inside your computer, you know, almost like a Digimon, right? Like a, a, a world inside, like there's an actual sub-universe with teeming with intelligent life be, be, that we sort of, that, that has sort of come about because of humanity's advancement technology. But it feels so old hat now that I don't know if it would have like the same charm. Like sure, we would get it with, presumably way better computer graphics and such now but the the mystery would be gone i don't i i, I don't know if i could see it being as thrilling even if it was almost a I, a one-to-one you know sort of replication i agree a hundred percent with that statement because one of the things that works really well for reboot is that you have the context of the 90s to go along with it where everything that was thrown out in that you know about the net and megabyte These were all like really mysterious words and even like the way it was animated and the silliness and uh, and sort of the charm, you could could call it charm too. behind that animation. If you were to put that out today, 
kids who it would be targeted towards would not receive it well at all. <laughs> they, they wouldn't. And that that so I think that this show really only works for people probably in like our generation that grew up with that, like, you know, like the the dot com bubble you know, starting up with the internet becoming a thing to begin with. Like we probably remember times where the internet wasn't a thing. Uh, and mm -hmm. for kids today, like they're like, wait, what are you talking about when that, when that comes up? So I think there's a bit of charm and innocence and ignorance that comes along with knowing the context of the nineties that, that works well with this show. The the world of reboot as presented in the show it's it's nonsense. It is uh, absolutely it is computer. Like my imagining is that in the writers' room they just put a bunch of computer terms up on a board and were like, use these when you can. Uh, and someone yep. might have been like, okay, but what do they mean? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Just use these whenever you can. Yeah, uh, because. There's like, why is a virus called megabyte? Well, yeah, I mean, right. That, that's like that's it's a, it's a unit of storage, right? Like, yeah, that's the smallest part of it. I mean, why don't they like? Why is the net a thing that's attacking the computer? Why? Which I assuming I'm assuming they mean the internet. Um, there's like tears that lead to the supercomputer. Which the supercomputer? Ten million questions. Very curious about that. Um, we don't get any answers. As Basically, as, the cloud is. I, it was. It's like the, for yeah, sure. And Bob like comes from there. So this, but like mainframe is a personal computer because there's the user and the user is using this for games. Unless, unless this is a computer terminal that is like at a supercomputer that is like used to access it every once in a while, and one guy has gone completely rogue and is playing games on there during his shift. That's the only way my brain oh, could reconcile it. That's an it so it's so it's actually detrimental because he's not supposed to be doing it from a responsibility perspective, not because it's like you're smoking, you know it's not good for you, but you do it anyway. Sh sure. Yes. Let's go with that. Don't smoke. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I always by the way, like that that whole perspective of like these foreign bodies like entering the computer and like the net and the glitch and like all these like terms that they would use sounded so scary and even like like megabyte like yeah megabyte bite he's going to bite and you know he had that big old jaw like they really took those terms and really made them work in that universe mm -hmm. uh when you were a kid in in the 90s watching that I think oh, they really definitely. just wanted megabyte. They just wanted to call him megabyte so that someone could call him megabutt. Ah, <laughs> megabutt. <laughs> Bob totally would say that. He, uh, megabyte, I do want to talk about megabyte and hexadecimal because megabyte, I think from a design perspective, megabyte looks great, super creepy. Um, they got Tony J to do oh, the voice and it's oh like you can spread that voice on toast it's it's buttery smooth it's so good uh, but then megabyte is boring he and this is me talking as an adult me as a kid terrified of megabyte and oh he's gonna destroy mainframe and bah but me as an adult it's like okay he he wants to he wants to control mainframe great he's 10 million other villains like there's and why does he want to do it because he's a virus and that's that's what he wants to do uh, whereas, and I know she's not terribly different, but
But hexadecimal, um, once I saw her again now as an adult, I was like, yes, I was more terrified of her as a child because the whole, I mean, her design is great, but the whole like mask thing, they do so well and it's used so, but it's used well, it's used like so effectively that it freaked me out, even kind of freaks me out as an adult, like the way they would cut between shots and her face would just be different. It is, it's spooky. And it's overly dramatic and it's like, it's like drama masks and oh, it's so, it's so good. Yeah, if you're if you're freaked out by like mannequin sort of situations, that that's a good villain, man. That's a good villain. And, and Tony J, by the way, just absolute legend. And it's so funny to see him in a show that just like an offshoot like Canadian comedy or or Canadian cartoon, and you know coming from like I don't know, you you saw him on uh, like a bunch of Disney stuff. Like he mm-hmm. played, I think, Monsieur Dark. Is, I think that's how you say his name. Like the asylum guy uh, who was going to throw Belle's father in the asylum, oh, and Beauty yes. and the Beast. Uh, he was also the uh, oh gosh, what's the the guy from Hunchback of Notre Dame? Um, yeah, he's oh, the, he's the judge, the, Judge Claude Jolo. Ju- judge, yes. Oh my gosh, and, and like legendary performances in, in that regard. And he was also the narrator in Animaniacs. Yeah, and he's like a Shakespearean actor. Like it's just yeah, super like cool what a guy. freaking legend. Yeah, guy knows how to have fun. It's so cool. And, and yeah, so like this was not like below him, right? So I, I loved seeing or hearing his voice again. And by the way, back then I had I I didn't, never put two and two together. But when I started watching it again in preparation for this, for this show, I was like, "Wait a second, Tony J." And I started like putting five hundred dots together, and it was so good. I'm I'm now picturing you with like a one of those boards, one yes. of those cork boards, and you've got like a picture of Megabyte, and you're like got all these strings going out, and finally like it all it all makes sense. It all it comes all, together. It's all connected. <sighs> it's it's an inner working of yeah of of you know, voice acting goodness. And he's, he's just got such a great voice. Sheer Khan in the jungle book, um, stuff like that. I think oh, it, yeah. cool, cool, uh, cool resume on that guy. Oh yeah. No, I mean, in the voice, the voice of megabyte is fantastic. My only complaint with megabyte is just like, uh, you want to take over mainframe, uh, but everything else about him is, is, Chef's it, kiss. It, it posed some interesting philosophical, like I, in the last episode, there's a conversation between uh, Bob and Megabyte, and I think old Enzo is in the room. I think college college Matrix. dropout Matrix. Enzo. Is that like to refer uh, to him? What was it? College Sorry? college dropout Enzo. Yeah, <laughs> you know, with like the missing eye and the, the, the <laughs> yeah the beard. Yeah, I. It, it was funny because I saw, I'll get back to my point in a second, but like I, when I was like kind of jumping, like looking at the thumbnails of episodes, like deciding which ones to watch, like I saw it and I knew at that point because I watched the, the, the season three opener. So Bob was missing at that point. Mm-hmm. And then I was like skipping ahead and looking. And I saw it. I'm like, is that Bob? Like, does Bob, does his, like his skin turn green and does like Bob he just comes cool? back as like a grizzled whatever? Like, I had I never in a million years did I think they were just going to age up Enzo and then also bring his younger self back in. Yeah. As well. <laughs> it's so weird, by the way, that last um, episode. <laughs> it's, so it's, a, it's a trip. But There's they're, so- but yeah, they, they have, they have, they think they have Megabyte captured and 
Bob is like, I don't believe in deleting, um, but basically we're going to rewrite you so that you're no longer a virus. Like you can't help who you are. You just are a virus. And Megabyte says something like, says something like changing, changing my core programming. I'm, I'm totally botching it, but more along the lines of like a fate worse than death. Like I'd rather you just delete me than change my purpose, even if my purpose is something I had no control over. So I won't be a virus? That's the plan. Ah, so a fate worse than deletion. And they call me a monster. Yeah. Yeah. There there definitely is a little bit of, I think there's the room for that. And it it's interesting. Um, I also liked, because the, the first couple of seasons have voiceovers from Bob, where Bob's like, I'm from the net. And I'm here to do this because I'm the hero, Bob. Yay! Uh, and then starting in season three, uh, you have like Megabyte. It opens with Megabyte doing a voiceover, and it's like it's like pretty. Like, it's like a mirror to Bob's because he's like, you know, I'm here to destroy. I'm from the net. Blah blah blah. I thought it was like fairly effective. And this is a show. One thing that I really liked about it as a kid and found really interesting now as an adult is while there is a little bit of a formula with the games, and that's like it was a chance for them to get lighthearted and do these like parodies, like the Evil Dead parody in the episode that I watched. Yeah, Straight up whack. Evil Dead. Uh, I mean, the, the main guy was Ash, and he was saying groovy, like it was crazy. Um, but I, what was the point that I was originally making before I mentioned the games? Uh, I really, I cannot remember. Wow. <laughs> That is disappointing. But there was also, there was the net, but then there was also the web, which was, too, sure. was like the network, and then oh. there's the, 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 the internet or I, whatever. I oh, wait, remember. Were they two different things? I, I, I swear in one of the episodes, it seemed like that the web and the net were, from, were two different places. Yeah, you know, maybe you're right. The, the idea of the gaming, though, I thought was really fascinating about how, like, you would get caught in that cube. And if you lived in the computer and you got caught in that cube, it was freaking, you gotta, you gotta beat the user. Otherwise you get decimated. Mm -hmm. And, um, like what an interesting predicament, right? Like if you're living in that computer and you're like, Oh F here comes that here, here comes that, uh, that cube. We're going to have to turn into zombies now and, and, you know, and fight off this guy. Yeah. This dude with a chainsaw attached to his oh, arm. Michael Jackson themed zombie, yeah. Yeah. And uh and Morticia Adam slash Elvira, but I mean they definitely played the uh Oh yeah music. But with the like with the <laughs> I mean the whole idea that like these games will destroy your computer, that felt like something parents were saying in the nineties, right? It's like Yeah. Do you think that's what it is? Do you think that this was actually some kind of a, a ruse from parents in Canada who were like, we need our kids to stop playing video games. Let's make this uh, TV show. And like, you're going to kill the little people inside the computer. Yeah. Yeah. Kids don't do that. Instead, why don't you uh, use this word processing thing and, and do right. English homework? Right. Why did Dot have a diner? Um, but I remember what I was going to say. <laughs> the, yeah, we don't need to figure that one out i'm sure there's no answer um but i remember what i was going to say like this show being sequential as a kid was really exciting um that you like if you missed episodes 
you would kind of miss the context of what was going on. And like early on, as what I was trying to say was like, at first it was like, oh, okay, we're subbing Megabyte and there's a, a game coming. Okay, we'll go into the game. Great. Um, but then after season two, Bob disappears and the story really kind of becomes much more like important to the point where I watched a couple episodes, you know, I watched the first episode, watched a couple episodes in like season two and three, like at the very beginning, then jumped to the end and so much had happened. Like there's all these characters standing around having conversations that the show is just like, you know who this is at this point you've been watching. Why would you watch the last episode <laughs> not having seen the rest of the show, you psychopath? And I was so lost. I didn't know who like half the people taught. And there was like two Enzos and there was this whole thing with two Bobs and Megabytes was gone, but now he's back. And and their dad is like a weird snake thing in a suit. It, it was just, <laughs> it was legitimately confusing uh, and not in, but like still I could kind of catch, I don't know. I, did, Nick, did you have a kind of a same thought process of like, who are all these people that I'm suddenly seeing? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it was weird. It, it's, um, yeah, honestly, I, I, I don't know if I have a compelling point uh, to make. I think you hit it on the head. It's, um, uh, it's, I, I, I love. I mean, obviously, I, I really dig sequential storytelling, especially in kids shows. It must have been really difficult, given how like spaced out it was. And I definitely, however much I saw when I was a kid, I doubt like I saw it at all sequentially. Uh, as it came out um but uh yeah i did sort of spinning spinning here or alex did you have any did you have any thoughts on that on the sequ sequentiality i don't think that's a word but whatever go on sure yes so sequentially this was one of the first shows i think i ever really paid attention to that happened sequentially when i was watching it as a kid and and that that previous story that i told you about me sitting at my uncle's house and and like discovering the show had happened and I hadn't seen it again for maybe a year. And I was like, Oh my gosh, look at the, this thing's on. Wait, what channel is this? And, and it might've been like cartoon network or something. I don't know, but I ended up finding it and saying, okay, I got, I got to catch up. And I remember seeing like, Oh, wait a second. There's a pattern here. And it might not have been, that might not have been the first, but it was one of the first, like just along with like dragon ball Z where I started to understand, okay, there's, that these are shows that I'm watching as a kid and appreciating that I need to come back every Wednesday at 5 p.m. to watch mm -hmm. this again and, and keep up with it. And you become best invested in it. And I think that that almost I'm a big proponent of of story based like video games in general. This is something that we talk a lot about on Joystick and Mouse. And when I was a kid and I was starting to appreciate story for what it is because I hadn't still to this day, I'm not a big reader. Like I'm not, uh, I like story. I like consuming story from TV shows, from video games and everything. But like, I think back to those formative years again, and I, I really truly think that shows like reboot and dragon ball Z and some stuff like that, like that was almost a catalyst to my appreciation even today, like as an adult, that I really love story and watching a story unfold and being surprised by certain things like and that's something that this show had where uh, you would be surprised that, oh, wait, that wasn't Bob. That was Megabyte the whole time. Or there was, uh, you, you know, like, oh, wow, here comes little Enzo again. There's something to uh, to the the fantasy of it all that, that really kind of draws you in and appreciates that. And, and like to your point, it's you, you skip ahead to the last episode. You wouldn't ever be able to do that 
because it's <laughs> you miss the context of you know 40 episodes or whatever before that it's not like the simpsons where you can just kind of jump in and oh uh you know ned's uh, right. wife is is dead i guess okay whatever like it's not like right. true you know uh story progression that happens in that in a show like that this is this is something totally different totally forgotten yeah, his wife died Dang. oh i'm sorry uh, no, no 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 it's no, hard I, it's hard i understand it's hard to his wow his wife like, did she like fall off a racetrack or something yeah yeah, yeah homer killed it both of his wives have died wait what is that a second oh did you guys not know that he marries mrs krabappel the teacher yeah Bart's oh teacher. Oh my gosh, I had and no she idea. Dies? Well, the voice actress uh passed, they kill off the, so they, the character. They killed the character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, oh. that's what you they should have done. Uh I mean they could have just had her like disappear like right off into the sunset, I guess. But if she was married <laughs> to Ned, for reasons I don't fully understand, there was like kind of a like internet thing that made it happen. Uh but yeah, anyway, oh, wow. Ned married Mrs. Krabappel and then Mrs. Krabappel died. Bring it wow, down okay. the house. <laughs> Dang. Uh, all right. Switching gears here a bit. Let's talk about breasts. Uh, um, oh, okay. All right. Let's go. So, let's, let's do this. I don't, I don't um, know that has to do with reboot, but okay. Uh, it does have to do with reboot, in fact. So one of the things uh, I get when I was when I was researching the history was that the the board of standards and practices. Uh, was really kind of stringent in terms of like how like how the material was approached. So there were things like apparently the 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 the, the production team couldn't put two, the characters female characters couldn't have two distinct breasts, so they gave them what what apparently they referred to as a mono breast. Um, and then I guess there was a break with ABC um, after season two, I think it was. Uh, so then they went ahead and gave the female characters well, two distinct see, dress. Yeah, the start of season three is when they go into the Evil Dead, and there's the whole Morticia Adams Elvira thing, and the right. outfit <laughs> that Dot is wearing is not family appropriate. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very revealing, but also like I think it's kind of funny. I mean, it definitely sounds like there were there was like a, apparently there was a situation where the the BSP. Uh, um, had them delete a scene where like Dot kisses Enzo on the cheek, like sort of a familial, you know, sisterly like kiss on the cheek, and they're like that could promote incest. Mm -hmm. So I think like, apparently <laughs> there were, there, were, there were plenty of times where like the production team like sort of was like rebelling against them and would like make jokes at the expense of the BSP, um, which is fine. But I do think that the whole monobreast thing is interesting because it's not like she was she was naked you know, and then just had like one singular boob, right? Like Dot, so speaking of Dot specifically, like she was wearing a shirt and uh, if the internet has taught me anything, uh, it's that woman that wears shirts, like they, they don't just, 99% of the time, you don't get like suction boobs from wearing a t-shirt. You know what I mean? So if anything, right. like the mono breast is probably more realistic when she's wearing it versus after that, I noticed with all the, A, all the female characters turn into these like big breasted Amazons, um, regardless of what kind of style of top they had on. But and like, I think, I think even with Dot, when she was wearing like a form fitting suit, she suddenly had like suction cup breasts. Um, so I do think that that's an example of where the BSP maybe for possibly erroneous reasons, but in my mind, like the quote unquote mono breast was probably a more 
it's hard to say realistic with a show like reboot but made more sense than kind of when they got a little bit hornier like later in the show yeah like with hexadecimal who's uh pretty dressed pretty uh scandalously but she's evil she's obviously all provocative woman evil i mean if if media has taught me anything over the years um (laughs) there was something about the first episode of season three uh because i think nick both you and i a little bit after watching some of the earlier stuff were like eh, you know it's a little cheesy it's a little bit but there's something like in that start of the third season like it it gets you know they're in a, a zombie video game uh and like some of the zombie effects are like pretty pretty creepy and also, uh, Megabyte, like, takes off Hexadecimal skin or something. Like, there's a scene of her. I don't know. Maybe she's just, like, beat up. But it looked like, like, maybe they'd, like, she was down to, like, her muscle. I don't know. She just looked like they did something to her that was freaky. There was something more mature about the third season from, like, what little bit that I saw. That was a little bit surprising. It also helps that Marv Wolfman who you might know is the writer of crisis on infinite earth among variety of other, um, comic books, uh, like Astros. No. Oh my God. That's Carbusic. Wait, Marv Wolfen did write crisis on crisis on infinite earth, right? Oh boy. With George Perez. I swear to God, I did either way. I know that he yes. writes comic books <laughs> and I, I'm not selling my cred right now. Um, but a, a fairly prolific writer who, if he worked on the show prior to, to, season three i have no idea but i did stand out to me that as i started to feel a little bit more invested in the show was when it apparently marv wolfman was and, working and on the dan scripts. didio dan didio was like the story uh like the story developer for reboot starting in season three and for those who don't know dan didio up until recently was like the publisher of dc comics yeah uh, also, Marv Wolfman, did we talk about this in the Beast Wars episode? Marv Wolfman developed Beast Machines? What? What? Going... I don't think, I don't know if we did. I don't think we did. Yeah. Uh, going back to Beast Machines, because I need to see what Marv Wolfman did there. Uh, that's pretty rad. Yeah, I'm sure that'll come on the show eventually. As as yeah. we have proven, all things will. Mm-hmm. All things will. But but yeah no I, I admittedly like when I when I started watching the show I were rewatching it now for you know for the for the podcast I was like this is this is hard this is <laughs> this is this is a bit difficult to get through but I do feel like when I when I got to that season three episode like it some something clicked like maybe not completely but like the the Evil Dead references the 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 Mike the thriller you know more Morticia you know like like more they had they had developed technology further so like like the zombies and stuff like I guess where it counted um, like the details were more pronounced um, and apparently the writing I mean I I don't know like other than that the creative group called the hub like I don't really know anything else that these guys have done. Uh, whereas, like I, I built in, like I have a, a perception of Marv Wolfen as being a, a pretty uh, a, a great and and pro- prolific writer, uh, and so maybe that just having someone like him come in and massage the script maybe helped the show. I would agree that probably helped. Yeah, 
We're going to get to, uh, to a segment, and then we'll get to our final thoughts here in just a moment. But I, I mean, I had this in my notes, and um, Fong is racist, right? <laughs> I'm so glad you went there. I watched the first episode again. I was like, it's kind of wrong. Right? Like, it's kind of, like, I don't know, like, you know, it's it's a bit of a different feel. Like, you know, everybody's a little bit more aware of these things. Um, I, I can't say that it was blatantly racist. Uh, they were probably thinking of doing all that and like the most innocent of intentions. But Jesus, like, that was yeah, so, it's... It, it was pretty like on the nose at times. Yeah, it's something like looking back now, like, oh, totally flew, because there was still, like, like the mystic East stereotype was just pretty widely accepted uh, at the time. And then watching it now, it's just like, oh, oof. Yeah, and the, the yin and yang instead of, like, the reboot oh, symbol. Oh, yeah. So, so interesting on Fong, uh, the voice actor was Michael Donovan, so not asian of any oh no no why would why would they of course right why uh also apparently was the voice of cecil the definitely uh french caricature um i don't even call him waitstaff manager of the diner um yeah also mike the tv and ai or al i'm not sure what that says um i think mike the mike the tv also had a bit of an accent so this guy uh, very good with accents but Fong, yeah, probably was was. Uh, it's a good thing he had a job in the '90s where like people had no idea that what he was doing was actually like pretty insensitive. <laughs> he was also Sabretooth for X Men Evolution and yeah. Carnage for Spider Man Unlimited. Yeah, this Ooh. this is this guy. We you've heard his voice. I'm looking at his filmography right now, or his his anime. He just does animation, and I mean, yeah, he's been in ten million things that we've all seen and heard at at various different times. A uh, busy, busy guy. So before we get to our final thoughts, uh, we post out on social media. And if you want to follow and participate, we'd love it if you did. Hit me one more pod on social. This one went out in a few different places. I, I uh, amalgamated everything here. But we asked, we put out a poll and asked if Reboot ever made you feel bad about playing games on your computer. And Alex, I know you said uh, yes, right? You were one of those people. <laughs> yes, I was. I felt bad, and I still think I'm scarred to this day. Um, I'm a big gamer, but I feel terrible about it, I think. So. Every time you let up Hades, you're like, I'm so sorry. So sorry. Nick, any remorse? I mean, any given monster? that I had, like, I had forgotten all conception of Reboot uh, until I rewatched it, uh, uh, not because of reboot, though I certainly have had either creative ideas or just random thoughts of like when I'm playing a video game and mowing down people or animals or anything like that. That that like oh god, like I hope this isn't like a, a spoilers Ender's Game type thing where it's not <laughs> really a game. You know, like I'm really interacting in some pocket universe that this is representing and like literally like the greatest mass murderer in history. <laughs> um. So I, I, I definitely, I, I feel, I feel the pain, um, but, but you have no remorse. Yes. You're a heartless killing machine is ultimately I'm, what it comes down to. I mean, video games kind of, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, video games are, you know, evil and they, you know, but I mean, like, I would like to think that the average human 
you know, these days, like, isn't just like a bloodthirsty warmonger, right? But at the same time, like, I don't, I don't want to go to war or battle or kill anyone or, or any type of way. But I've certainly seemed to have done my fair share of eviscerating <laughs> virtually, <laughs> and and apparently have derived some sort of enjoyment out of it. So I am scratching some sort of primordial um predator itch i don't even know what to say you know what i mean so it's 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 in us where but um so but i i what well i was gonna say so you you felt uh you felt convicted in the evil dead parody when um when it's like a shooting game and dot goes like what kind of sick freak i don't think she's the word sick freak but she's you know what kind of sick freak would get uh, would enjoy a game like this, and then her and Enzo look to the camera, and it's not like yeah. a gag of like they're <laughs> looking at something else. The gag is they are looking at the audience and shaming them for playing shooting games. Right? Yeah. No, I definitely felt targeted uh, on that. Um, it it is it is interesting though in terms of I know we don't have a ton of time, but sort of that connection between like. Like, I'll be playing, I don't know why this one's particularly coming to mind, but like Final Fantasy 15, like it's open world, you're running around. And a lot of times you're sort of like going into the habitats of, of, of wild creatures, supposedly monsters, but they're not really bothering anyone. And sometimes these games are like, yeah, the species are overrun and, you know, making it harder for so-and-so or whatever. But you just kind of like show up and it's like, hey, here's this weird looking rhino thing. And I'm just gonna murder it. Like I need my experience points. I'm gonna kill it. They're and, not overrunning. It's like three of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's small. also that. Yeah, There's, they can only process so many on screen at once. Uh, I think of that too. Also, apparently, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 14, where you just go out into the overworld. And I will often kind of just like run by enemies, partly because like why spend time, you know, killing them, but also just like it is this weird mental. I, dissonance might be the wrong word, but just sort of like, you know, I, I don't want to like scratch that compulsion that just like I, I can freely must, murder I these things, murder. even though at the end of the day, yes, they are just computer, whatever sprites, you know, they completely fictional made up things that have no bearing on, on reality. But I still right. can't help that, that, that as I've gotten older, I've taken less joy in, it, in those types of random acts of violence, I, even digitally. I hate in games like like the new Tomb Raiders um, and like Ghost of Tsushima as well. Uh, like there will be deer around, and the game's like you need hides in order to do these things. And so it's like go murder these deer who aren't doing anything. And <laughs> what I hate is that they then make them make sounds when they die. <laughs> like I don't want to do this. You are making me do this. And you shoot the deer, and it's like, Bambi, run! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, oh, I had a family, you monster. <laughs> but I, I always feel terrible. I'm like, why, why are you making, like, okay, if wolves start attacking me, fine. It's me or the wolves, cool. Let's well, that, do this. That is anti-wolf propaganda. They have been, like, hunted <laughs> near to extinction, and, and, and unjustly so, and they're just starting to come back. So don't don't spread that. Are you that implying, are you implying the Deer Council has paid me to say these things? I'm honestly <laughs> starting to think that the Deer Council has paid you off. Like you're you're just reeking of deer. Let's get to our poll results. And oh, but David, did you feel bad? Just to be clear, <laughs> did you uh, feel bad playing video games? I man, I barely got to play games on the computer. My parents were very strict on the usage, um, so I I don't think that I, I played enough games, unless unless the 
pre-installed pinball destroyed parts of my computer, in which case, uh, yes. But I don't, I don't remember having guilt about it. And it turns out most people did not as well. 60% from our poll of people said no, that the show did not make them feel bad about what they were doing. Heartless monsters. Yes. Right? All of you. Jesus. I know. All of you. Well, one thank of you those... for following our show. Yeah, thank, thank you for, for <laughs> participating. And one of those was uh, Frank from Co-Opples Therapy, friend of the show. Frank, uh, great guy. He was on, a, on the show, talks to us all the time, all around, and he said he's excited for this reboot episode. So this is dedicating this episode to you. Thanks, oh, for, good. thanks for listening, Thanks, man. Frank. Well, this is the time where we have to ask the question, does Reboot stay in the Hall of Memory, or is it worth visiting today? Alex, what do you think? Oh, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an answer that is based entirely on context, and it's based on what I mentioned earlier. If you're a child of the 90s and you have a firm recollection of what it was like to build computers or just be on a computer in the 90s where the internet was once uh, not a thing and then it was becoming a thing and then the year 2000 was coming and everything was going to blow up and there was a lot of fear about that. If you remember what that was like and you've never seen Reboot, go watch Reboot. It, it will put you in a, in a funny, nostalgic place. If you're listening to this and you're 11 years old playing Fortnite right now thinking, uh, wow, this game, th this sounds pretty cool. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> this makes wrong. no sense to you. Just keep playing Fortnite. It'll be okay. If, uh, by the way, if you've used to watch Reboot and you're like, does it still hold up? Yes, it does. In, in again, in that context of, hey, I was a kid of the, you know, uh, watching TV in the 90s and, uh, and I enjoyed it. it. It's got that sort of like, the graphics are are bad. The dialogue is silly, but you know that's what makes it kind of fun. So that that that's my answer, non-answer for you. All right, Nick, what do you think? I think it stays in the hall of memories. In so far as like graphics wise, like it's 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 blistering how far we've come. Oh my god, yeah. You know, graphics wise, that like. It was, it, it really was difficult to kind of watch. And there were times where I was like, you know, I would try to put myself in the mindset, right? Because think of um, Star Wars. I'm actually not the biggest Star Wars geek, but like in the original films, like the way that they would film like the, like the space battles and they basically just were filming miniatures, um, like actual physical miniature sets and, and all that crazy. Like that's super cool. And I mean, and you watch it and like, Sure, like there's a part of you that like you know that it's dated, but because it's still real, it, it's it still has weight. And with this show, I really had to force myself to kind of appreciate that, like all things considered, like for the time, it's still an amazing technical achievement. And I could appreciate when like I noticed that characters were exhibiting like more facial expressions or you know, were interacting with each other or the world in more sophisticated fashions than maybe some of the earlier episodes could achieve. So in that respect, like if you're interested in sort of the his the historical aspect of the the development of like CGI animation and all of that, I, it you should definitely check out reboot for that uh and certainly like obviously i was jumping around an episode so now i'm like even in the last episode i'm like what the hell is going on like i kind of want to know but i really can't bring myself to try and watch the episodes to to to, to get the, the the full picture it's just it would be difficult 
do I that be that being said, I do think that there are aspects of it that could totally be brought forward into into some sort of reboot or remake or whatever today uh, to to continue the story or to retell the story. Um, but the show as it is, it's just it is so dated, and we've just come so far that it. it I, I can't say while I did enjoy moments, I can't say that I was really watching it for enjoyment. I think that, yeah, I think that I, I agree a bit. Um, the first two seasons from stuff that I saw, it wasn't a slog. It just didn't, didn't grip me in a, a way that maybe I, I had hoped that it would a little bit that like my nostalgia told me that, that it was going to, but then from what I saw on three and to four, I was like, okay, wait, something interesting does happen. There's some interesting stuff going on. So there's part of me that wants to just pick up in season three, watch seasons three and four, and, and just have a, a good time there. Um, and there's not like a ton of it. Like reboot wasn't very long. Uh, I don't think that I'm going to. I mean, it's a show that's very much of its time in terms of like animation and some of the writing and, and some of the jokes and stuff like that. Uh, just overall, I and I, I I will say I think mostly it is a hall of, of memory show, but I can't a hundred percent say that, and I don't want to be like non-committal. Uh, I think just how much I have to get through to like get my full answer. I don't, I, I like, I, I, I just don't have the time for, but there's something that I, that has me so curious and I don't know. Well, maybe I'll eat these words. Maybe I'll come back and be like, I watched it all and I was, I was totally wrong. Yeah, but I guess we'll just... I mean, there are definitely things out there that are more worthy of people's time to watch. I'll just put that out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, there's, there's even so from else. that, even from that era, right? Like, it uh there there's there's so much good tv from the 90s uh this this definitely wasn't up there as far as like some of the best tv of the 90s by a by any stretch oh yeah no 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 i think it might be some of the better animation in terms of like storytelling um yeah but there's still some like other really like cool stuff like i i would probably want to go watch uh beast wars before i'm going to like sit down and and hash out uh reboot but those are our thoughts on it audience we definitely want to know what you have to think we mentioned before hit me one more pod on all the socials hit me one more time.com is where uh you can reach us you can find our email address we definitely want to hear from you we love hearing from you right now we're going to hear from alex alex thank you for being on the show today oh thank you for having me it was a blast it was great having you here where can people find you if they want more Oh, you can follow me everywhere at Alex Albisu. Uh, my last name is spelled A-L-B as in boy, I-S as in Sam, U. Uh, all of my shows are over at IncastMediaNetwork.com. If you're a dad or even a parent, you know, you want some parenting resources, head over there. Check out The Dad Chronicle. Uh, I put out episodes weekly where I'm either talking to parents, uh, parenting experts, uh, or just kind of dialoguing my own experiences as a dad and if you if you enjoy video games check out the live show that i do joystick and mouse uh episodes come out weekly joystickandmouse.com check it out people nick thanks for being here man thank you david as always uh you can find me on instagram at powblam shazam 
underscore art or on Twitter at PowBlamShazam. People, check it out. And if you want to see what I'm up to, see what I'm doing, Davlaz, D-A-V-L-U-Z, Twitter and Instagram, find me there. Listening audience, thank you so much for being here today. We do this show for you. We do this show because of you. Remember, you can't move forward if you're always looking back. We'll see you next time. This late 90s computer animated kids show follows the adventures of guardian Bob and his friends Enzo and Dot and others as they work to... Sorry, my dog just decided now is a good time to start making weird noises.